Don't need a secret invasion, a stupid exclamation. I need a sensation to stop all this. Don't have the time to be patient. Provide the foundation to my aviation. I'll hop on it. What started out as a crossover deal between Casablanca Records and Marvel Comics turned into a phenomenon. Alison Blair, the Dazzler, a.k.a. the Disco Dazzler, a.k.a. the Disco Queen. That's right, it's me, Dazzler, Alison Blair. I had the looks, the voice, the roller skates, the lights, and the boobs. Mutant hero? Pop star? Some hybrid between the two? Alison Blair's career started when she met the uncanny X-Men during the Dark Phoenix saga. Oh my god, it was so crazy. This red-headed bitch named Jean, she was just like totally cheating on her boyfriend. Like making out with some dude with a mustache in the middle of my concert. And then people just started blowing things up and I was just like, what? That launched her into a solo career as a costumed adventurer where she met other heroes, including the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh my god, Spider-Man, he, oh my god, so like, he, I mean, granted, I was possessed by a, like, a light wizard or some shit when I was fighting him, I don't know what was going on with that, but there was many times he, like, webbed me and was, like, carrying me, and he was, like, so muscly, and you want to know if we fucked? Yes, we fucked, and he kept his mask on, so I still don't know who he really is. Alison Blair slept her way all the way up to a movie deal in starring in her own graphic novel, Dazzler the Movie. I'd like to say that I had my own Me Too movement with my Harvey Weinsteins, this guy named Roman. But unfortunately, I decided to take the women's movement back 30 years and fall in love with him anyway and sleep with him. And then from there, she fell in love and slept with an all-powerful godlike being known as the Beyonder in Secret Wars 2. Oh my god, you know, I look back on that and I'm like, what was I thinking? This is the guy who could snap his fingers and give me everything I wanted. And then I was like, no, I want true love. And then I, I should have realized true love is a sham. It's a sham. I want you back, Beyonder. <laughs> Heartbroken, she ran all the way into the arms of the uncanny X-Men after she was possessed by the mutant entity known as Malice and took on the Juggernaut. Oh my god, can we talk about Malice for a second? She made me wear a choker. A choker. In the 80s. That's fashion suicide. And then I was forced to hang out with the X-Men. They put a destiny mask on me stabbed a knife in it and then had me die and then come back to life where I couldn't be photographed? Fuck that! So she ran off and we think had a baby with Longshot? But then had her memory... What? Allison? Um, so apparently, um, from what I remember, I assumed, um, everyone, you know, I was telling everyone that it was a miscarriage, but I was like, long shot's getting annoying. I think I need to get rid of it. So I needed to get in a bobo. That's an abortion in Mojo World. And, um, but then it turns out I actually had my memories changed and I did have the baby and it was Shatterstar. So I'm the mother of a faggot. So she cut her hair off, dyed it pink and traveled to Britain where she wound up with new Excalibur. Yeah, and then I keep on dying, and it turns out... 
<laughs> I can't die! I know! And it's so annoying to Emma and Storm and Jean, because Lord knows they've tried so many times. But no Dazzler story would be complete without mentioning her darker half, her sister, Lois London, a.k.a. the mutant Mortis. Oh my god, she has a death touch, and I'm telling you, with her looks, she she already had, she had a death look, I mean. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she's in a coma, um, she's actually currently in Krakoa, and they were like, hey, we can just revive her, and I'm like, that's okay, just leave her there. And she lived in San Francisco, with the X-Men, on Utopia. But then, fate came a-calling. In the form of interdimensional X-Men, Emmeline Frost, Kurt Wagoner, and Howlett, asking her to lead the extreme X-Men and take on the Tannyville Xavier's. You know what? I was born to be a leader, okay? I have what it takes. Yeah, sure, the only way I could lead is if it's in another dimension that I totally didn't make up. That was a real thing that really happened, and I didn't just, like, make that whole story up and tell Cyclops I can lead. What? And then she came to Krakoa, like all mutants, and started her newest rock band. Coming full circle, Dazzler and the Resurrections. But before that, can we also just talk really quickly? Mystique really fucked me up. She kidnapped me and messed oh, me right. up. And then I had... Yeah, that's right, narrator. God damn it. Yep. Get, get, fix it, okay? And we then I had to be gone. always block out the I dyed my hair black, and then I, like, went around with A-Force. And then after a yes. while, I was like, you're a bunch of dumb bitches. I'm going to hang out with mutants and go back to being blonde. And now she has her own band again, Dazzler and the Resurrections. Oh, we are looking... There it is. Yes, yeah. we are looking forward to their upcoming album, but in anticipation, we'll explore the life and career of Alison Blair, the Dazzler, on this Dazzler Behind the Music. Yeah, ooh, I'm the Dazzler. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 130 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. Hello, everyone. Really great to be talking to you. I am your host, Brett, and I am joined by my co-host, the um, uh, uh, the effervescent, the, the glowing Evil Jeff. Hi, Evil. Hey, I'm so excited for today. Yeah, I'm excited for today because we are continuing our CBQ Icons uh, series and we're focusing on well one of our most iconic of gay icons miss allison blair the dazzler the dazzler the dazzler dazzler, dazzler. she has i think only maybe psylocke has a more fucked up twisted convoluted Ooh. history i think dazzler and psylocke have like the most fucked up convoluted histories in, in the marvel universe and I'm going to start with kind of addressing why. And I'd like to start with this big thesis statement as we begin okay. our conversation around Dazzler. Brad has done a lot of research on this. <laughs> so she was created as one thing. And then that thing became irrelevant. And then there was this big scramble to figure out what she was. Yeah, what and to I do feel with like her. What to do with her. And, and, you know, I feel like we're still exploring the character of Alison Blair. Yeah. But there was certainly tension throughout her journey as far as what she stood for, what she was about, 
And a lot of that comes through in the stories that yeah. feature her. The funny so, thing, the, the most interesting thing is that, because yeah. um, clearly you're going to start talking about how this she was actually supposed to be a crossover person, where it was going to be a movie, an album, a comic. Yes. And the crazy thing is, is who was the biggest like disco star at the time was Donna Summer. And Correct. the original inspiration was more uh, a dazzler that looked more like, they said, Grace Jones. Grace Jones, so the African-American they, dazzler. They wanted it to be, they wanted her to be black. But uh, so, racism. <laughs> but uh, then the world, then the world took over and said, no, we no, don't No, she needs to be a that. blonde girl with big boobs. Yeah, Casablanca Records, which I'm sure doesn't exist anymore, um, approached Marvel for a crossover. This big idea, 19, you know, right at the turn of the decade, 1970s into 1980s, um, wanted to create a character called the Disco Queen that appeared in all those different medium that you just said. Uh, So Jim Shooter, who I know is being editor in chief at um, Marvel, certainly during uh, the late 80s, uh, wrote an animated special featuring Dazzler. Tom DeFalco and John Romita Jr. created her. Uh, Roger Stone named her. Roger Stern. But John Romita Jr. He is Kickass. He did Kickass, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he drew her in a number of X Men issues. Yes, I, I, I think yes. Um, he did the Malice, but ones. He, yeah, he designed her to look like Grace Jones, like you said. But the the studio that was making the movie wanted to cast. None other Ugh. than actress extraordinaire <laughs> Bo Derek. Oh my god! Who can, can she even? So they made sing? her look like Bo Derek. Could she even sing? Bo Derek was she? I, I mean, no, she was no, just known not. for running on a beach with dread. With, yes, with now something that would be called cultural appropriation. <laughs> yes, cornrows. With yeah. cornrows. Yeah. Yeah, not a good look. Uh, and that movie was canceled because Bo wanted her husband, John, to direct. And the studio said no. And everyone was like, well, then fuck you. It's so funny where it's like if they just went along with the Grace Jones thing. Can you imagine that Dazzler would have been black and then there would have been a movie? Like it would have been a completely different world we live in. I bet you Trump wouldn't <laughs> even be president. <laughs> no, you're probably right. The butterfly effect of that movie actually happening. Yeah. The world would have been so much gayer and full of light. <laughs> What a shame. That's that's when this dark timeline started. <laughs> when the Dazzler Bo movie Derek, was canceled. They tried to make it Bo Derek. Pivotal. But so now they were left. But at this point, did they already... By the time that the movie was canceled, did they already release one of the comics already? I don't know. I... I don't know, because it's like, then why even use her in the first place? Was it, I'm assuming that she was already out there. And it's like, well, yeah, I think now they we've probably, got this Dazzler yeah, character. Yeah, I think they probably already put her in some stuff. So then they ha- she gets her own solo series. And the solo series, did you read? How much of them did you read? Not much. I, I, I skipped over it in favor of other things. I read a lot of it, because I read the whole Lois London part. Mm. Which is... You did? I couldn't find it online. Which is a lot. Well, I have the Marvel um, Unlimited, so I was able oh, to right, read right. all of it. Um, 
Oh my God. So the sister, apparently the mom doesn't even tell the sister that she has another, like doesn't even tell Lois that she has a sister. So she's finally like, now that she's in college, I'm going to tell her that I had a whole other life and that she has a sister. Oh my God. So they end up meeting like later in life and then she's like staying with her and they're just like best friends. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe I have a sister now. And then one day Lois is like, I wish I had mutant powers. And there's even one part where she's fighting Rogue. Dazzler's fighting Rogue. And like Lois is like, like you know, cowering in a corner. And she's thinking uh-huh. to herself, oh God, Rogue's powers are so much better. If I was a mutant, I hope I don't have bad powers like Dazzler. Like, <laughs> well, she has roguelike power. She's got the death touch. Well, yeah. So that, Lois. yeah, premonition. She ends up like uh, a hobo, like tries to attack her, and she touches the hobo, and the hobo drops dead. Then she's like, "I killed a hobo," and Dazzler's like, "We need to escape." And then Dazzler buys an afro wig, puts it on to be in disguise, doesn't give Lois a disguise, and they like go on the run. <laughs> And when they go to stay in a hotel, a cat comes and she's like, here, kitty. And the cat scratches her. And then she kills the cat, Lois. And then she's like, like, Dazzler, I killed the cat. And the Dazzler's like, we got to get out of here. So then they run. I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to give a shit about the cat. And then here's the crazy (laughs) thing is they go on the run and they go on this bus. And on the bus, this is the whole time where her main nemesis is rogue. And Rogue keeps trying to kill her. Yeah. And um, Rogue shows up on the bus and she's like, I'm here. And then she absorbs Lois's power and then touches um, Allison's face. And Allison's face is all distorted and fucked up, like how Mask uses his powers. Yeah. Yeah. So then her face is all distorted. And then she's like, no. And then she tries to stop Rogue by firing her laser beams. And she accidentally shoots the bus driver. And the bus driver drives off a cliff. And the bus explodes with everyone in it. And then Dazzler wakes up. And it was all a dream. And for the whole issue, it was all just a crazy dream sequence. This comic is crazy, Brett. It was crazy. And then finally, Lois and admits that the mom left the dad because he was like awful dazzler's dad and just left dazzler and then she got married again and that husband was beating her and then she's like and i was in a bad place and there's a thing of lois as a little girl being like mommy i'm hungry and she goes not now lois mommy needs her magic powder like her mom is like a coke what yes her mom is like a cokehead and the dad is beating her and she's like, but then finally I left him. So she takes Lois and then she leaves him and now she's like rich and like raised Lois on her own. But at the very end, the father decided to get his act together after he realized he lost everything because he was beating his wife and lost his child. And now he's rich and he finds Lois and he's like, I'm sorry for beating you. I want you back. And then Dazzler's like, okay, stay with him. And that's... <laughs> Which ends up leading okay. to the crochet thing later where she's like, you left yeah, me with that yes. guy. Like, that's really what happens. It's crazy. And the, wow, so much now makes sense about the end of Necrotia. Necrotia's got, the Necrotia one-shot featuring Dazzler has got this whole story of Dazzler calling this woman, calling the mother at the end to talk about Lois. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. One 
other thing around this time, um, and you've already mentioned it, is just the the sexism of that surrounds this character. Yeah. Um, very much a sex symbol, which in the Boderic origins, I mean, you you can see why. Um, I was so I think we both read the Amazing Spider-Man number two hundred three, which I yeah. think, in addition to being in the Dark Phoenix saga, these are some of the appearances that Dazzler made prior to this yeah. solo series. Yeah. Um, because Disco is like in this Spider-Man thing, like. Disco's very much Dazzler's thing. Like, yeah. she shoots Spider-Man with, like, a little disco ball. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, then she has, and then she keeps having, like, this, that, that one, she always has to have her little disco player, like, to play the disco music for her yeah. powers to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a quote I want to hit, a line from this book, because it keeps coming up, I've noticed, throughout Dazzler's <laughs> journey. The quote is, it's narration. Suddenly, the unconscious Dazzler begins to glow. Her lithe body seems covered with lambent flame. Her lithe body. Do they say lithe a lot? Yeah. Yeah, her lithe body. What does lithe... What's the actual definition of lithe? It's like you're, like, trim and and, um, (laughs) tight and thin and, like, flexible but tight. You get, get get like, a dancer's body. Um, At one point, Spider-Man has got his hand on her ass, like... She's over his shoulder. He's carrying her yeah. over his shoulder. Yeah. And it's her full ass, like, to the camera. And he's got his arm over it. And then at the end, he, like, insists on fucking as payback for saving her. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. then we get into the solo series. And is there anything... So I'm so glad you honed in on Lois London, her sister, and those parts of the solo series. Is there anything else? Yeah, you yeah. picked up from well, that? no, the fucking thing. You don't understand. Like literally, she makes out with everyone. Like, <laughs> and there's no explanation. Like Angel, did you know she dated Angel? Oh, I did know that. Cause, I forgot. Because in this, the it. reason Rogue and her hate each other is because she was dating Angel when Mystique and Rogue attacked Angel. Because Mystique was like, absorb Angel to get his memories so we can get shit on Xavier. And that's where they kind of start fighting. And then Dazzler beats Rogue and Rogue is so mad she like wants revenge. But literally, wow. they like meet. They just like meet in like a like something where it's like, oh, Angel. And then they're just like, he like drops her off. And then he's like, is it very obvious that I'm hitting on you? And then she's like, oh, Angel. And then they like make out. And then I'm like, oh. <laughs> but then like... Th- after, but then, like five issues later, there's like a guy who's like producing her music, some red haired guy with a mustache. I forget his name. And then he's like, Why don't you come over? And then she starts making out with him. And I'm like, Wait, Jesus. she never broke up with Ainge. Okay, whatever. Like, she's just a fucking whore. In this. <laughs> so that's a perfect segue to the movie. I think, to, the to the movie. <laughs> to the graphic novel, Dazzler the movie. Holy. I mean, I've read, I've owned this thing. I've this read it. This thing is fucked fuck up. That's man. why I texted you at like two of the morning. I was reading it at like two of the morning being like, Brad, <laughs> we have to talk about this. This is so fucked up. <laughs> it is so fucked up. I can't up. believe so, I, mean, I never read it before. Like I knew what oh, happened. Oh, you haven't? No, because I always read the stuff around it. So I always yeah, yeah. knew like, oh, she's in there because because the movie came out and everyone knows she's a mutant, but I never read the actual comic. Oh my God, Brett. So this is written by Jim Shooter and 
the thing about Jim Shooter is well, he he created the animated special. I mean that you know the uh, that was originally going to be the vehicle for the Disco Queen. And it seems like he had been touching Dazzler ever since. Even the Spider-Man issue, Jim Jim Shooter is consulting editor on that on that issue, um, and he writes Dazzler the movie. And it is just it is like piece of garbage straight guy writing a woman, and it is shocking. I I tallied the number of times I cringed over the depiction of Allison Blair, <laughs> yeah. and the depiction of the men in this in this book, yeah. It's, I have 11 tick marks of when I was like, Jesus. It's just so crazy. Where, But you have to remember, at that time, do you know who the most popular like romantic couple was at that time? Who? Luke and Laura from General Hospital. From General Hospital. You've heard, you've heard, everyone's heard of Luke and Laura. Do you yeah. know how they oh, met? Of course. Do you know how their story starts? Uh, no. He rapes her. Oh. And then he feels so bad, he decides to try and, like, win her over. And then he does. And then they get married. That is... Get the fuck yes, out. The early 80s most beloved couple, that's their story. People were into that. Like, people... And I, I honestly, in Asia, people are kind of still into that. I just found out in Thailand, they have two words for rape. One is real rape, and one is rape, but they eventually fall in love. So it's not well, like really rape. What's the word? Because that's the word for this book. Because that's what yes, this book is yes, about. Yes, but that's the sad thing in Asia, where in America, it's like, it's actually all rape. <laughs> yeah. Because. Um, yeah. This Roman, what's the, his last name? Roman. Nekaba. Yeah. Nekabo. So he's a film producer. And he's and he old wants to put and Dazzler. like fat. He's old and fat. So there is a scene Harvey of him Weinstein. screwing. He's Harvey Weinstein. There's a scene of him screwing some actress, some no name, some ingenue. And he gets out of bed and he's like this fat bald guy. And he puts on his gu- male. Um, uh, 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 help me out here. What am I? Garter. What am I trying to say? His girdle. Garter. Oh, girdle. Puts on his male girdle. <laughs> His garter. I was like, was he Frankenfurter? His toupee. <laughs> like, he's like super fake. And then he basically forces himself on Allison to the point where he like breaks furniture. And eventually they fall in love. But that, I mean, at least in the beginning, she's like, screw you. And you're like, all right, yeah. But then <laughs> she falls in love with him. She legit falls in love with him. And then there's a, uh, uh, like a backer by the name of Eric Beale. And he turns out to be the quote unquote villain. And he ruins Roman's career and then forces Dazzler to like be contracted under him. Like Hollywood slavery. She falls in love with Roman, but then Roman without even asking her outs her as a mutant. Yeah. It's all him. He outs her as a mutant and it gets ugly. And she has to go into hiding afterwards. Um, so this, she's no longer Disco Dazzler, but now it's the 80s. So she's Jane Fonda, aerobicized ja- Dazzler. Yeah, yeah. That's her image, is basically Jane yeah. Fonda and in the, the 80s. The end scene in this with with Eric Beale is 
Oh my god! So stupid. It makes no sense. Where he's like, "This movie's amazing, but I'm not gonna release it. I burned all the copies except this one." It, it, I was like, it was the most convoluted. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, and it was clear that this thing went through several rewrites. I'd imagine, like, it opens with Alison Blair teaching an aerobics class, and everyone's like, "God." Even I want to fuck her, and I'm a woman. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's not fair. She's so perfect. She's so incredibly sexy. Then it cuts to her on the phone with Storm, and Storm's like, listen, stay in the closet. <laughs> I know. Things are bad for mutants right now. <laughs> then she, then this guy forces himself on her, and they fall in love, and they do the movie, but mutant hysteria is so bad that everything comes crashing, and, and the guy's corrupt, and blah, blah, blah. She is just nothing but a sex object. She is lost in her own story. Well, yeah, that's the thing is there's no real, there's not battles. It's just her being told what to do by other men. It's It's horrifying. It's It's horrifying. horrifying. (laughs) Jim Shooter. So I just watched the Chris Claremont documentary. Even his name is misogynistic. Shoot her. Oh, Shooter. I know. So, have you, by any chance, watched that Chris Claremont documentary? It's on Amazon Prime about his X-Men run. Jim Shooter's on it. And a lot of it is about the fights that Claremont, Louise Simonson, and Anne Nocenti used to get into into with Jim Shooter. Because they all loved women characters and he hated them, let me guess. And he hated them. (laughs) And they, they essentially say that the guy was a piece of shit. And... You can tell that he was an alcoholic by his facial features. Yeah. Like he's got he's got puffy alcoholic face. Yeah. 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 Like it's horrible. And later I want to talk about how much better Dazzler is kind of under Claremont's pen versus Jim Shooter. Oh, but I mean, you could see the difference right there of how they write Dazzler. Yeah. Well, they finally realized let's take her and make her like, because she wanted to be the singer and can't, let's keep her, let's like, let's emphasize her self-centeredness and her insecurities of like not feeling that she's like a real superhero. And right. that makes a really complex character. Um, we're someone that's so confident when it comes to her singing, but not confident when it comes to being a hero and being forced to give up her, the thing that she's confident at and do what she's not confident at. That's like a super right. complex character. Yes. And that's where we get her coming in when she comes in with the whole malice and follow the mutants. There's another line before we get there that I want to quote from Dazzler number 40, which is a Secret Wars 2 tie-in. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Secret Wars really quick. Yeah. So there's a quote, again, narration. uh, Dazzler number 40. She falls. Her exercise honed body prepared (laughs) For the impact of the drop. <laughs> Who wrote this? Uh, I want to say that was Frank Springer who wrote the her bulk exercise of... Pro- exercise her exercise honed body, honed body prepared for the impact of the drop. Oh my god. That was the whole Beyonder thing. I- also in Dazzle 4, yeah, it is the, yeah, the Beyonder stuff. It also features OZ Chase, which I was like, why do I know that name? And then He's in the Uncanny Run at some point. OZ Chase? Yeah. He's in that issue of the of Uncanny, like right after Fall of the Mutants, right after they die in Dallas. And it's a guy in a bar. And he's like telling a story about the time he met Wolverine and Dazzler. 
And then at the end, like, he's like, to Dazzler. And like, oh. it was a really weird issue. If you saw the cover, you'd be like, oh, this issue. Yeah. Anyway, OZ Chase, supporting Dazzler character. Um, The whole Beyonder thing, I read Secret Wars 2. Like, I read Secret Wars 1, and I'm like, this is so much fun. Secret Wars yeah. 1 was so good. And then I was, when I was on, this was like right when I first got Marvel Unlimited, and I was like just reading everything and then i was like oh i'm gonna read secret wars 2 what like secret like, wars 2 is one of the worst crossovers ever it might yeah. be in my top like worst crossovers i've ever read making yeah. the beyonder a, per- a real person and he's just like going around like i didn't even i re- was rereading this i ended up reading a couple more issues because i was like what is this i forgot that he starts off as blonde Mm-hmm. But then they're like, he's like, I need a makeover. Oh, Michael Jackson is popular now. Mm-hmm. So he gives himself oh a Michael Jackson hairdo and a Michael Jackson outfit, but keeps himself He gives himself white. jerry curl. He gives himself jerry curls, but he keeps himself white because, you know, he, he's all powerful. Heaven forbid he make himself black. Uh, it's, <laughs> oh. it's insane. And then the whole Dazzler thing. Why? 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 It makes no sense. It makes zero sense that he falls in love with Dazzler. Also forgot when I was rereading that, that it's the first appearance. Of Boom Boom. Of Boom Boom. Yeah. I totally forgot yeah. that. Before even uh, X Factor. Yeah. Oh, speaking of X Factor, I read a fun fact about Alison Blair that she was supposed to be a founding member of X Factor but then they decided to resurrect Jean Grey. It was going to be all the X-Men and Dazzler. It was going to be the O4 and Dazzler. <laughs> that would have been really weird. <laughs> what would that have been about? So I much of X-Factor know. was about Jean. Well, I guess they could have talked about how it was like, hey, Dazzler, Angel. Like, Angel would be like, hey, we never broke up. Are we still going out? <laughs> <laughs> But now we get to, this is now going to be, the part I want to start talking about is this is when me and Brett started reading comics. So this is the Dazzler that we know and have grown to love. And this is probably, you know, some of the best written comics ever. So, and she was a part of it. And I am very saddened that Claremont, I don't know why when they decided to merge all the teams together, when they made the new X-Men series, that they really just kind of got rid of Dazzler for years Dazzler was just gone for years after that. Yeah. Because she was so good in this. She shows up. So good in this. She shows up with malice. And it's the first time where she's like, I can't, I'm in hiding. I can't be a singer. I guess I have to join the X-Men. I ended up reading. How much of that run did you read? I read um, from issue 214 to, I think, up to issue 220. For this I did around show. the same yeah. thing. I, and it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't have to read this because I've read them. Because I know it. I've read right. them like hundreds of times. But, and I'll just throw this out there. I don't know what you think. 218 is one of my all-time favorite issues. And that's the one juggernaut. after, yeah. That, so that's when the team gets her and they all fight Juggernaut together. When Psy, it's Psylocke, Longshot, Rogue and Dazzler and fight Dazzler. the Juggernaut. And is yeah. And do you know also why that is a special issue? It's the first no. Mark Silvestri issue. Oh, first Mark Silvestri. Yeah. And yes. Arthur Adams does the cover. 
Yes. Ah, oh, so good. Uncanny X-Men. Oh, it's a great cover with the four of them. Yes. Just in, in battle action oh, pose. One of my favorites. Oh. Because that issue, Uncanny X-Men 218, is when that Outback team, like, it's, I feel like it's when they came together. Like, the core of that, or, like, the... the the newbies. But this is why Chris, together. why Chris Claremont is so smart. He basically is like, I'm restarting them over. And he realized, oh, people don't even know half these people. So I'm going to have two issues where maybe we'll cut back to Storm and Wolverine for a bit. But here's two issues of these newbies with Rogue kind of yep. like breaking them in and showing them like who they are as a team. Oh, I love establishing it. their relationships. I loved it. It's so good. And then that's where it kind of starts bringing in storm with forge where storm is finally going to get her powers back. The marauders come back. So then it's like the marauders. And then it turns out destiny comes saying, "Uh Oh, they're all going to die. And th- it leads to the fall of the mutants, which is the final team. Cause I also love how havoc joins the team. Mm-hmm. Havoc not only joins the team, but then his girlfriend Polaris gets permanently possessed by Malice. It's just all the plots are so fucking good, Brad. It's so good. And I forgot. So it really is the lead into the Outback days. It's the lead into Fall of the Mutants. It's the lead into the brood, to the brood stuff that comes mm-hmm. later. So yeah, that, many they, things they set are that up. in. Yeah, they set so They many set up that in. brood issue way early. Yeah. Like the brood don't come for like another. 10 issues. Well, Chris issues. Claremont was the person who's like, I'm going to lay this egg and I'm going to wait fucking five years before I hatch yeah. it. And it's so fucking satisfying. Although I, now I feel bad because with me, with, um, with Hickman, I'm like, fucking finish that story arc. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Where I'm just like, finish your goddamn story arc. <laughs> yeah. Even though Chris yeah, Claremont seriously. would take years. Um, um, one quote I want to hit from Uncanny X-Men 217 where she's fighting Juggernaut solo before the team shows up Yes, is uh, Thought Bubble, Allison Blair. Wow, I thought I was in great shape. Maybe I am. Against the Jugs, though, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Are you just... Do you have every time they talk about her body? <laughs> I, I just... I have this theory that instead of Disco Queen, she became Exercise Bunny <laughs> for... Like the entirety of the 80s into the 90s, but then she disappeared. They're like, well, exercise bunnies aren't (laughs) like leg warmers and leotards aren't a thing anymore. So we're just going to shelve Dazzler. We don't know what to do with her. And then then later, then she's all body glove and spandex. (laughs) Exactly. Until, yeah, until Jim Lee came along. Um, At what point, it was like in the issue in the 220s, though, that she then cuts her hair short. Yeah. That, I think, is also a big, like, I felt that that was, like, kind of a big choice. It's empowering. Yeah. And then she it's gets funny. stabbed in the face with the, with the sword. With a, with, yeah, by Spiral. Um, I've read those issues of Uncanny, like, from 217, you know, on, um, let, let's say up to 260, where Eric Beale from Dazzle the Movie comes back. And Dazzler has this moment where she does kind of realize who she is and what she's for. Um, so... I, Reading the old stuff, like some of the solo adventures and her 70s and early 80s stuff, it kind of put those Australia stories in new context. Like for the, I never realized the issue of her fighting Juggernaut. It's kind of just like an old school Dazzler solo adventure, like Dazzler number seven, where she fought the Hulk. Yeah. I didn't have that frame of reference back then. You know, to me, it was 
this new team member who I kind of love, who I think I've heard of in Marvel, fighting the juggernaut. But I didn't appreciate until now that that issue was kind of like a throwback. Like, it's Dazzler. She used to do this. These were what her stories were like. She fought Galactus and was offered to become a herald of Galactus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I also loved in the context. solo thing, whenever she fights, she'd be like, hold on. And then she'd put on her roller skates. And all of her heels, high heels, had magnets on them so that they could connect mm-hmm. to her roller skates. So great. Which I was like, I really feel roller skates um, are not helpful in a fight. I don't think they are either. But even that, like when she's roller skating, when Rogue has her roller skates and her gold outfit and Dazzler's like, take off my clothes, you hussy. Yeah. Like, it just, the roller skates didn't mean anything to me then. They they do now. Yeah. And I do love how in the Outback, because I also didn't realize after reading the solo issue and reading all that, like Rogue fucking tortured Dazzler. Like she yeah. was like, she was awful to her. So the fact that Dazzler was always like, fuck you, Rogue. And I'm like, oh my God, Dazzler, what is your problem? And then I'm like, yeah. oh no, Rogue was now really we awful to Dazzler. She actually, yeah. I'm surprised she's not even more pissed off at her. But then at the same time, the Dazzler and Longshot were getting together. But then Longshot didn't understand what monogamy was. So he was all hooking up with Rogue too. And then that- <laughs> Just like his father, and, grandfather, yeah, son. And then just like- uh, how just that's the one thing I do hate is when 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 a guy is two timing they never get mad at the guy mad at the other girl. Always call her a hussy or a cow in these comics. But we have to we can we talk about all this. But before we get to the outback, we and we've discussed this and we I don't want to get in too much depth, but we because we've talked about this issue. We did a whole episode dedicated to this issue, but the one oh, the sure. annual. Where they number eleven, where they get their wishes, um, they're all granted their wishes. Favorite, oh, my favorite comic book of yeah, all time. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. We have to talk about that because that is one of the most revealing things about Tesla ever and that is where every character was being granted their ultimate desire but dazzler had three and she didn't understand what she didn't know whether she wanted to be a rock star whether she wanted to be a lawyer to make her dad proud or if she wanted to have no stress at all and just be a hobo and in the end she chose being a hobo she chose to give up she chose instead of choose she just chose to give up oh my god because this is a character this is a character that suffers from pointlessness. Yeah. Like, like that doesn't like my purpose was this. It's kind of like what Grant Morrison said about Wonder Woman. He's like, the reason a lot of people don't know what to do with Wonder Woman is because she was created out of like bondage fetishes. Like that was her core. The core of the character was bondage. Yeah. I'm going to tie you up and you're going to tell me the truth. You fucking bitch. And yeah. And so now it's like, we just rot up your ass. Wait, <laughs> It's like that became not okay quick, and we never knew what to fill with the vacuum. Instead, and I feel like Dazzler, it's the same thing. Dazzler was created to be a just like to leverage the disco craze, and then when that ended, what do we do? She's a hobo. So that's why I like she's yeah, she's a loser. That's why I like Uncanny X Men two sixty where. It's during the whole dissolution and rebirth. Like, there's hardly any team from the Outback yeah. era left. She's um, already gone through the Siege Perilous. She's already gone through the Siege Perilous. And she's kidnapped by Eric Beale, the guy from the evil 
<laughs> financier from Dazzler the movie, his career is ruined. He's snapped. He's gone crazy. He's going to kill her. And Dazzler defeats him by not fighting him, but by using her light to calm him down. Now, do you remember another time that she did this in the opposite direction? Juggernaut. No. No, in the opposite no? direction what? to make you angry. No. When Malice. Oh, no. When she was Malice, they enter in the disco and there's like, well, everybody's oh, about to yes. get violent. And Psylocke goes, it's 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 Dazzler. Her light show is is causing everyone to become it's violent. It's like triggering. So this is something yeah. that she's been able to do. Um, my one thing, uh, this is one, this is like a side note of a thing that's never been fully explained. And it's mostly because they had to just give it up. Um, in the, I was reading that Dazzler 260, and it's once again, they were like, look on the cover, this painting of Dazzler, because I forgot, like, she can't be photographed. Oh, yeah. Because after they were resurrected, they know they can't be photographed or no technology can can record them. That had, they just, I think by issue 280, once the two teams merged, gone. Like there was like, yeah, I, it, it was, I remember that was, it, it, it was fizzling for a they while. They just kind of ignored. It was one of those things where I always look at that and I'm like, I wish they took the time to, to like, think of a way to explain it. I hate that. Cause like an incident. Cause, cause yeah. the thing is, is they, they really hit into it for so many issues that they couldn't be seen on any scans. Like Psylocke, she's goes through the siege perilous. We can't see her on any scans. Dazzler, we can't see her. Like, you know what I mean? Like they hit it so hard. And then finally they were like, Oh, this isn't working. Fuck it. Yeah. I'm just gonna I feel it. like after the fact, there was some, someone, there was something that's like, well, that makes it official. We can be seen. And it's like, we always could. Like, it's like, Somebody like way late, I think, addressed it. I'm, that's sorry, that's a fuzzy memory. I don't think it was ever addressed. I think they just were showing up on scans and things like that, and they just never addressed it. Yeah. So, if anyone listening, our three listeners, yeah. if you know what the reason is of why the Outback X Men can be seen on um, technology, let us know. But then Dazzler goes to Mojo World with Longshot. Mojo World, yeah. Where she comes back saying she had a miscarriage, but it's not until Peter David's X Factor 20, like 20 some years, 20 years later, rewrites history and is like, no, she did have that baby. Mm-hmm. And it was Shatterstar. And then Shatterstar went back in time and had Longshot. Yep. Have we ever, has Allison ever had a conversation? about this but that's the thing is i don't think because it was shown as it was i don't think anyone knows yeah she still doesn't I'm remember sure her and longshot don't know yeah yeah i want to where is where is longshot now uh yeah, he made that appearance he's in mojoverse oh, okay um they showed mr sinister putting him in a wrestling hold in order to force mojo to uh, put cable on Krakoa, like right basic cable. Oh, right, right, right. Um, yeah. So she goes to the Mojoverse, and I think it does. She not come back until that Eve of Destruction thing. Correct. I, I think. think she came back real. Like there was one part where they go to Mojo World and like X Men twelve or eight or something. Yeah, the early eight, something like that. Uh, yeah. But she stays in Mojo World. 
Um, and that's where she yeah. admit where she realizes that's where you find out she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. Um, but then I think it's the eve of discretion, which we talked about. Was that how many weeks last week? Yep. Um, uh, two, no, weeks um, uh, two weeks two weeks ago we're talking about North Star yeah when we're talking about North Star where she comes back that's where we also get introduced where she actually made a full hologram with her light powers which I think she's never done uh-huh. again where she pretended she would to be do killed. that in um, Age of Apocalypse she was doing that but that was the Age of Apocalypse version of herself. Correct. That's where we knew like Dazzler could do okay. could do that. It's weird though she's never done it again. Right. And I think then she doesn't really show up again until New Excalibur. Right? That's correct. Yeah, that is correct. And that's where she's on a team with Juggernaut, who's like kind of in love with her. And they do reference. I actually really liked New Excalibur. I hated uh, that other dimension, like Nightcrawler's daughter. What was her name? Nocturne. Nocturne. I didn't like Nocturne. Her character was kind of annoying. Um, yeah. But I loved Sage. I love Captain Britain. Psylocke was in it for a while. Uh, Dazzler, yep. Juggernaut. Um, am I leaving anyone else who was on the team? Was Pete Wisdom on that team? Pete Wisdom? Yeah. Um, it was really fun. And that's when she had her pink, short pink hair. Short pink hair. We discovered she can't die. So. And that was where. That's my next question. And that was the other thing is she kept getting killed, but then coming back to life. And it's. Never been explained. Never been explained. The cri- right? Never. But no, but then who wrote A Force? Was it Leah? Oh, Leah Williams wrote A Force. Oh boy, um, uh, A Force. I think was G Willow Wilson. Okay. Um, the great thing about A Force is they they use that. Did you read A Force? Yeah. I did. I don't remember it. I didn't reread it for this show. Um, but they, but she's like, she ends up getting killed and sac- but then comes back to life. And there's a part where, where yeah. she Hawk is like, um, want to tell us yeah. what happened? And she's like, yeah, I come back. She's like, has this happened before? And she's like, I don't know. This is like the fourth, fifth time this has happened. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like she literally is like, yeah, I don't know why it happens. But it's, but then she's just like, she's like, it might be like a cat with nine lives. It might only happen like a certain amount of time. It's just so funny where it's like, like, she's just like, I don't know why it happens. I don't know how many times I got. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, New Excalibur. And then she then, after New Excalibur, she then shows up to, with a mutant. Uh, yeah, San Fran. San Fran. San Francisco. The San yeah. Francisco tree. Which leads her to the extreme X Men. Correct. Yep. Did you read all of the extreme X Men? I didn't read all of it. I read some of it, but um, I'm like, I don't check- remember. Yeah, I don't remember any of this. I, I I forgot that it was its origins were in Astonishing X Men when Warren Ellis took over after Whedon was done with his run. Yeah, and then War- Warren Ellis wrote it and. Um, they did the Ghost Box miniseries. And so I guess the characters that were on Dazzler's interdimensional X-Men team, Emmeline Frost, Kurt Wagoner, were all from Ghost Box. I don't remember Ghost Box having actual other like dimensional characters in it. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. I hated all of that. That whole astonishing I hated run all that. was awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was so bad. I bl- blocked it out. 
Um, but Dazzler becomes the leader through happenstance of this team and, where they have to fight evil Xaviers in different dimensions. Yeah. They all e- is it the same evil Xavier or is it different evil Xaviers? It's different ones. It's they they like do a search for wherever there's an evil one and they go after him. Um well, are they doing this one? Uh, the 616 now? Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, the most interesting thing, though, is how James Howlett, Wolverine, is a homosexual. Is a homosexual. And he's with, with Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. Oof. Yeah. I read the issue where that's got the two of them on the cover, like all leathered out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're a hot couple. Hot couple. And then she comes back and... Uh, and we don't see her again until is that another astonishing? Yeah, um, astonishing. we see her then as an agent. Oh of right, Shield agent of Shield in Bendis's shitty run. Yep, and that's where the mystique thing happens, and she goes goth. She becomes full gothic because she's like, "Oh my god, you had me in a coma." Part of me was like, "You were in a coma. Why are you so upset?" Like you weren't even relax. Awake. You weren't even awake. Yeah. Oh, God, the list of things I hated about Bendis' run. Like, where do I begin? I But he made Iceman gay, and that was good. Uh, years of hiding behind jokes and never being able to connect with a woman made Iceman gay. <laughs> but the the writing of the Iceman gay parts was good. You have to admit, the whole, where, where the young Jean Grey forces young Iceman to come out is really well written. Sure. It's good. Come on. Admit it, Brett. It's funny. No. He's like, Back maybe I'm Dazzler. bi. She's like, well, some people are, but I'm pretty sure you're like full on gay. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, it's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, then she's goth and then comes A-Force. And A-Force mm-hmm. is super cute. Super, super cute. It is. Um, but then there was the whole Thor Dazzler who dies. Yes. She was from the Battle World. Battle World. From, I'm guessing, Thor's, that book where everyone was a Thor and they were the cops. Yeah. No, was Dazzler in the A-Force from the Battle World? Yeah. She, I think the A-Force from the Battle World, was, was it was same? pretty much the same lineup okay. when they... Because I didn't read did. that one. I only read the, the real one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember the Battle World's one more than I remember the real one. Um, and and it was our girl Dazzler. And then comes astonishing, the astonishing run right before, um, Hickman resets everything. What? Now I'm yeah. trying to remember it. I remember us loving Dazzler in it. Doesn't she do something really powerful? Doesn't she like upgrade her powers or something? She does the banshee um, screams in her face scene. Right, and then she's like shoots like huge massive oh yeah, yeah that was awesome she's great was awesome. I, and she had the wig I on. Loved, <laughs> she had like a blonde i loved that depiction matthew rosenberg's depiction of her yeah. as trying to get her career back up and like they go to that concert and she is it's sad there's no one there but she still believes in like that whole x-men is a family thing yeah. Which is such a thing from the Outback days. Yeah, and then her and Havoc have this kind of like, you know, from the Outback days, they still have that connection. Yeah. Yeah. And then now... That was a good Dazzler. And then Dazzler has really, other than her singing in the background of Krakoa, she hasn't been used yet. Correct. Which, um, 
I'm sad about. Yeah, I am too. I I hope there's big things awaiting her. Um, you know what? We skipped over. Um, after New Excalibur, I believe is where we can talk about Necrotia. Oh, Necrotia. Oh, yeah, we did kind of go back. So this to that it's with during it's during San Francisco. Yes. It's during Utopia that Lois, who was on Team Celine during Necrotia, um, hires Arcade to kill. Dazzler. But this is before. Um, wait, now this is bef- after Celine is dead. So in the, before that, yeah. in Necrotia, apparently Lois is so mad that Dazzler left her with her abusive father that she, as soon as Celine is like, "Hey, want to come murder people?" She's like, "All right," and she okay, joins the team. She joins the Death Touch team. I actually read one the first Necrotia. I forgot that her team was all just people where their their power just was to kill. Like it was yeah. Blink where she teleported someone, they exploded. Uh, Wither, mm-hmm. who he touched someone who exploded. Like it was only people where they, the only thing they could do was kill people. <laughs> Which I yeah. thought, I was like, oh, that was kind of clever. Clever. Um, so she's in that and then that leads her, she she murders Diamond's Lil, Lois London does um, in that story. And then I think Blink escapes with Lois and then Lois comes back, hires Arcade, Dazzler handles Murder World with a plum, and then um, Lois brought out Claw, yeah, the sound villain who was like classic Dazzler arch nemesis in her solo series. Yes. Um, they fight. She beats Claw. She beats Lois. How does Lois end but up then, in a coma? Yeah, that was weird. Because she just punches her. So I I guess maybe they like put her in a coma just to keep her. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to say, when she was like, she's in a coma. I was like, how? You punched her. I'm going to say Psylocke. Okay. Psylocke put her in a coma to to just, until they figured out what to do with her. And they're like, we're just going to leave her in a coma and Psylocke is going to like, (laughs) Psylocke is just going to go on the astral plane. I want one of those like home alone moments where it's just like. Dazzler's like, anyway, let's do this. Okay, and then what about your sister? What? Lois? Oh, God. Ah! And they cut back to Utopia, and she's still in a coma. <laughs> she's still actually in San Francisco. Or no, they show up, and she's just bones. Like, they accidentally left her there. She wakes up. She she's goes, like, Allison. Betsy. Blair. She's like, my bad. My bad. Um, I loved when Cyclops was on. So there's an epilogue story where Dazzler brings Lois back to Utopia and she's talking to Scott and Betsy about what to do with her. It's the scene where she calls the mother and the mother apologizes for what she did to Lois and what she did to Dazzler and she has a new life now and Dazzler decides we're going to take care of Lois here in Utopia and we never see anything from it again. But it's a very touching story of Dazzler calling her mother. Thinking about all, just like how horrible the woman was, but but needing to call her as an adult to say something's happened to Lois. I'm going to take care of her now. Yeah. Uh, who? What's so? And I think that's. Oh yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, if you could have a team now with Dazzler, who else would you want to have on her team in the Hickman runs? Yeah. And what would her team be there for? I have an idea. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> I I actually just remembered the idea I thought while I was reading 
Extreme X-Men, you go ahead. I have one too. I think she should be in charge of PR. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so they're the team that's like supposed to be the actual face of the X-Men. Where like they're like the good guy superhero doing the like TV circuit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it would be like they're the image, yeah, the image, the image one. So I have to think of like who else like would be. I think it would be people like that are like would be good on good for TV. Like maybe even someone yeah. like, and I don't know, maybe someone like Hellion and like Dazzler, um, just like like big personalities. Uh, you know Guido. who I put on that team? I put Nature Girl on that oh, team. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, she's like innocent looking and cute, but she's got antlers. And you're like, oh, she's totally a mutant, but I'm not afraid. Yeah, of yeah. The ones that... The, and look yeah, at it, the, she's surrounded by birds. Yeah. Oh, it would be up. Oh, that would be nice if it's all people whose powers are like non-threatening. Like, like non-threatening. Yeah. Like Dazzler. But then, of course, the they go light. places and then people, of course, like there's terrorist attacks where they try to kill them and then they have to like fight them. Yeah, nature girl. Um, Cecilia Reyes, like she's like a, she's an essential worker, and she can throw up a force field and protect people. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. But then we need someone. There needs to be some kind of tension, sexual tension. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I maybe Longshot should be on the team. Yeah, luck. Hope things go our way. And then who knows? Maybe actually, let's put. But then Lois, Lois gets loose, and they have to like. And she's going around touching people. I love it. And you got to have a scene where like the mysterious, like head of the PR agency woman, like the CEO of the PR agency that, that, that is working with them is actually spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Hello. Are you listening to this? (laughs) My, what would it be called? It It needs to be something with like exposed. (laughs) <laughs> oh the expose the expose yeah. ah! yes yes because you could write it like expose so people would be like it's gay yes it's queer oh my god that would be amazing <laughs> i love that mine was that um moira was gonna show up and be like hey dazzler could you meet me in my secret underground tumor <laughs> Yeah, my I, secret underground bunker. And, and it's just, and it's literally just issues of her fixing the lighting of her. Bunker. Oh, I was gonna say, like, I was gonna say, Moira. I was, I can see Moira being like, so. I understand you hunted down the evil Xavier's of the multiverse. Oh right. Would you mind telling me about that? Oh. <laughs> I feel, I feel like Moira oh, would have serious invested interest in Dazzler's extreme X Men adventures. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I love that. <gasps> So I can see her being like I can see Dazzler being in the in the Moira book and being like Moira's kind of like eyes and ears on the ground. Hey, can you do me a favor? Because you yeah. are the Twitter Instagram person. Can you put yeah. up like something promoting expose and your idea? <laughs> just so it's out there, just so that maybe we'll yes. get contact. Because I think this is a really good idea. I think it's a really good idea, and maybe we can write it. Yeah. Oh my god, can you imagine if Marvel contacted us? Oh my god. I mean, they're right around the corner for me. Oh, you shut up. <laughs> so that's Dazzler. Um, that's Dazzler. So now, I mean, you know, we've she's got a band on Krakoa. Uh, it consists of Lila Cheney and Shark Girl on the bongos. And they're doing great. 
Um, yeah. Now Marvel's not doing great. Um, no, it looks like not. it's not going to be till the end of June and possibly July until we get oh. any issues. You don't know? Well, no, I heard. Well, I heard that they're not coming out till June. May twenty seventh. May twenty seventh, but not all of them. Just a few. Not all of them, but listen. Here's the good news. One of the books coming it's out May twenty seventh, right? Is Marauders number ten? Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> but I'm only seeing solicits for like the books we should have gotten in April. Yeah. Like I didn't, there was nothing for children of the Adam. There was nothing for X factor. They're, they're not releasing the new number ones that should have already been out. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, that's only a few weeks away. Yeah. And it's Emma. So we still have a few gay icons left. Yeah. I don't know. So just to button Alison Blair. Yeah. I feel like, she realized in kind of an easy answer that she's here. She's a person is here. Who's meant to put a smile on people's faces. She's a person here. That's meant to just bring joy, help people out with her light. It's the epiphany she had fighting Eric Beale and uncanny X-Men 260. Like maybe I'm just supposed to help people feel good. Do what I can yeah. to help, help people feel a little bit of joy in their lives. And if my friends are in need, I'll come to kick ass if I'm, if I'm needed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great thing. Thank you, Dazzler. Oh, one like perfectly summed, perfectly summed up by the opening scene in Extreme X Men. It opens with a drag impersonator of Dazzler on the street, and Allison Blair walks by the real one, and to give the drag impersonator like just more of a hit show, Allison uses her light powers to make it look like. The impersonator is shooting light out of her hands <laughs> in a truly selfless act that I think that scene summarizes everything about Dazzler. <laughs> oh, Ooh, one other thing I thought was interesting in Extreme X-Men is um, ex- one of the Xavier says I could concentrate enough information to create a miniature black hole. I thought that was interesting because that was what Hickman, that's how Hickman defined a black hole in um, House of X, Ooh. in Powers of Ten. That it's it's a society that gets so intelligent that the weight of the intelligence, the information they have collapses Into and a black, a black hole. hole is formed. I don't know. I thought that was cool. Another tie. Another no, tie I there. Would, because that's Dazzler. not what a black hole is. I think it would have been more interesting <laughs> right. if he said that's what dark matter is, since we don't know what Ooh. dark matter is yet. Ooh. Oh, I think Allison Blair is the perfect person to figure out what dark matter is. <laughs> Expose. All right, Evil Jeff, who's our next um, gay icon going to be? I would love to do something uh, from DC, but I don't know any of them enough. Yeah, I don't really think there are any gay icons on the DC side. Catwoman? Hmm. <laughs> It's pretty dense. It's pretty dense assignment. Right <laughs> no, no, yeah, I don't feel like reading all that shit. <laughs> yeah, but then should, yeah. Well, should we go? How about we? Uh, should we explore a gay character? Maybe. Should we explore Iceman? Why don't we? Why don't we say yes? How about this? We're gonna do some detective work and do some. What's it called? No prizing. Of uh-huh. of how he was yeah of course he was gay all along, 
Oh, let's find the tell moments. That's what we're doing next week. <laughs> we're going to find all the moments where it was super fucking clear that Iceman was gay the whole time. <laughs> yes. I love it. All right. All right. Until then. Listen, everyone, um, if you are a fan of the icons that Evil Jeff and I are talking about, um, then please let us know by giving us a kind review on whichever platform you are listening to this show through. And remember, if you read comics, well, that makes you queer. It's Dazzler. 